Welcome to Wielding Legacy. My name is Laura Payne Stanley, and this is your weekly audio insight because the key to unlocking your future lies in legacies. As I said, this is an audio insight, and it's one for high achievers, for visionaries, for empire builders, and for power couples. You see, I know that you are here, already creating an impact in your industry. You are here building a legacy for you and your family. And it drives you, it occupies your mind. But through my work as a trusted advisor to extraordinary entrepreneurs, I know you aren't yet reaching your greatest potential in your business, your performance, and in your relationships. Now I'm known with my clients, I am one of their loudest cheerleaders, believing in them often before they do. And yet you can't enroll me in your legacy limiting story. I'm your biggest empowering challenger as well as you create your ultimate legacy. So this audio insight is called Wielding Legacy because as I said, the key to unlocking your future lies in legacies. Hey there, and welcome to Wielding Legacy. And today we're talking about dealing with refunds. This is going to be a great episode. It's an interesting one. I know that this is an episode that is going to land very timely for certain people. And I know that because with my clients I have in the wedding industry, refunds were something that were kind of unheard of. You know, wedding photographers, videographers, planners, coaches as well, consultants. Refunds weren't really a part of the business model because if someone booked, there was not really a need for a refund unless something happened or someone was very unhappy. So there were very, very few and far between. However, in the wedding industry and many other industries, COVID and the pandemic changed the model. It increased cancellations where people, you know, in their complete right had options for refunds. And it brought up many different things, one of which this was a business model where people didn't really hold on to the money to refund because their cash flow in histories. And like, you know, you're talking about 10, 15, 20 years in their business. They never had to have such a substantial amount to refund clients. And it was never really seen before. And in the wedding industry, people had refunds because they couldn't move to a new date, as in their professional that they booked couldn't move because there was two, you know, two years worth of weddings trying to happen in one year. There's many different reasons why the refund is a very valid refund under the contract. And also coaches and consultants, I'd seen this with my clients who planned in-person events and their clients didn't want to postpone to the next event or they didn't want to go online. And this level of refunds has been completely unusual and subsequently is very hard to deal with for many, which is why today's episode is so topical. And another thing happens. You're here at Wielding Legacy because we're creating a legacy life. And when we think about things such as abundance and growing your business, seeing the money flow out of your account at what may be very substantial rates can have an impact on what you believe about the laws of attraction, what you believe about abundance, and actually what you believe about your business and how it's growing. So I'm excited to dive into this topic because it's one that isn't often talked about. It's like kind of a like kind of secret part of business. Let's not talk about refunds. And it might get weird. It might get awkward because it can do very, very quickly when we're talking about refunds. From both you as the business owner and also from the client who's asking for a refund. It can bring up issues around our mindset, around not feeling good enough. 
there are kind of two camps for refunds. Those who've already had them, that might be you, those people have already had refund requests, and those people who are truly worried about what to do if somebody asks for a refund. The first thing, whenever you get a refund request, the first thing to do is to not panic. And I don't like knots because the brain doesn't hear knots. So the first thing to do is just to be at peace. Remember, every business owner at some point on their journey will get a refund request. It's just that many of us don't talk about it. It's not something you see in the, in the kind of the mass mass marketing, social media. It's just things people don't talk about. It's like, shh, keep it under there. But we're going to shine a light on it today because it is super important. When you get that refund request, before you get into the specifics of the refund, I want you to firstly affirm using affirmations or meditations as to why you are great. So what I'm talking about here is if you see a refund request come in, specifically if it says like refund in the um, subject line of the email, then do not read it. Go and do these steps first. Go and connect with affirmations or using meditations as to why you are great. If you have a smile file and you don't know, if you don't know what a smile file is, I've talked about it many times before, a smile file is, it can be an email folder, it can be a printout, it can be whatever you want it to be, but it's a place to go when you've got clients saying amazing things about you. So go and read your smile file. Make sure you are connected with your abundance muscle and the power of the universe because there are always more clients and there are always more than enough clients for everybody who's looking for them. Why do we need to do this? Well, let me run a scenario. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you get an email that comes in and it says refund. You go, <gasps> you constrict. We get worried. We panic. We are in lack because that word, the word refund goes, <gasps> we don't like it. And if we are in that mindset, we interpret language differently, which is why I want you to be in a place of connection with how great you are. Often refunds are actually written. They're not verbal, which means there's no tonality. Now, as a language specialist, I see so many issues that come up with this. What am I talking about here is when we have verbal communication, so you can hear my voice right now, you can understand my intonation patterns. You can understand my tonality. If you just read words, you are not reading them in my tonality. You're reading them in your tonality with your intonation patterns. And so what can happen? The person might say, I would like a refund. Okay, that could be how your client's asking for it. If you are in lack, you could hear it as, I would like a refund. Can you understand? I would like a refund. I would like a refund. That's just two intonation and tonality patterns on top of the same language. And that can be the start of the issue with some of the refunds. Because we are reading it in our model of the world. We are not reading it how the client said it. Now, something else to bear in mind with refunds. Some people are banking on the awkwardness of the situation for a business owner or an entrepreneur when they see the word refund, when they deal with refunds. And I often joke that I'm British and we don't like talking about sex. By the way, I'm a relationship therapist as well, so come and talk to me about that. But we don't like talking about sex and we don't like talking about money as I'm British. And those are two topics of conversation that people will get out of ASAP. They don't like talking about it. So if someone wants to ask for a refund and they are banking on the fact that you want to shut down this conversation, you may handle it differently. 
Others sometimes will make unreasonable requests. I had this um, probably about nine months ago now that someone purchased one of my courses called Persuasion and they were charged twice. So they bought a course and the system charged them twice. As soon as it came in, and it came in like within 10 minutes of the person purchasing that the team realized there was an issue, we refunded it straight away. And the price point was like 93 sterling. So Persuasion course was 93 sterling and it had been charged twice, so we refunded it straight back. However, the person then wanted compensation. And they wanted compensation to the tune of a one-to-one immersion experience with me, which is worth over four figures. So sometimes people are going to have unreasonable requests. And as long as you know that there's two points to refunds that you really need to stand in your power, one is a boundary and one is the process. So you've got to know your boundaries and then you've got to know your processes. First of all, do you have a refund or a money back guarantee? If you're a business owner or an entrepreneur, you should know exactly what your policy is with regard to refunds, especially if you are a service-based business. I see this time and time again. People don't want to do the work to go, but hang on, Laura, if I'm doing the work about what to do if I have a refund, am I then not requesting more refunds? No, you're just getting prepared for it. And especially with the service-based industry, say that you are a graphic designer or a brand consultant. If you have a stage process, which many people do, they will the client will brief them. They will present uh, first division, revision logos for sort of first edition logos for them to have a revision if they want to. At what point does your refund policy work, not work, kick in, not kick in? Where in that process, especially if you've got staggered payment structure? If you have a refund policy or a money-back guarantee, have you um, reviewed it recently? Does it cover things such as a pandemic or travel if it's of concern? And even if you're thinking to yourself, this might not affect me right now. If you are, have a client on a contractual basis and you have said in your contract that the work is going to be done by a certain point in time, then what happens if that client did get sick and then couldn't fit the work in that time frame? What happens? Also check your policy With regard to, it should be labeled that the domestic country or state where your company is um, resident of, that should be the legal governing body of it. So make sure that's in there, because otherwise sometimes clients might think that it's legal where they are based, not where you are based. And especially if you're an international company, where you live might not be the legal residing country that would oversee this if there was any issues. It's especially important if you have international clients and it should be on your policy or your contract or your guarantee. Don't Also, don't forget to go and get it checked by a legal representative. And I'm going to say, please, please, please right now, don't buy templates off the Tinterweb and just think other people are doing this. Let me copy somebody else's policy because it might mean that you have absolutely no protection at all. As in that, that person's protected because they're in a different legal area. When we come to refunds, understand the driver of why the person is actually asking for a refund. Are they genuine? Do they have a genuine right to ask for a refund? So they are within your refund timeframe. They are within the scope of your contract. They're, They're simply exercising their rights as you've laid out. Another driver can be that they need money. And I've seen this on courses and memberships before and programs and learning institutions where people have a very long money back guarantee. So say that you sign up for a year long course or lose something 
And actually, you can ask for your money back within a year. Now, why might that be an issue? Well, what happens? The person just needs money. By the way, anybody here who's listening to me, you, if you're listening and you have sent something home for Christmas, if your money back guarantee finishes near Christmas, you might find that an issue because some people might go, I haven't got money. What do I do? Oh, hang on. I'm still on my money back guarantee for this thing that I bought. So some people, and it's even nothing to do with your product. It's nothing to do with your service. They just need money. Be aware if someone needs money, are they actually out of your refund policy or your money back guarantee? Some people will find fault or blame or anything they can do to ask for that money back, especially if they need the money. So this is why, again, go to your happy place, go to your smile files, go to your um, affirmations and abundance, because if someone's trying to find any reason to ask their money back, if you take that personally, you're going to, it's like a body blow. That's the only way I can think to describe it. It's like a body blow if someone's saying something that actually could be not true because they want their money back. Another thing can happen just while I take a drink is <coughs> people can threaten to take you to court or an industry body. And I've seen this with clients when someone threatens, I'm going to defame you all over this. And people could track really quickly and go, I don't want cancel culture. I don't want someone going everywhere over my business. I'm just going to give them their money back, even though they have no legal right. And that's completely your, your mindset, your business, your responsibility, how you want to do it. I'm going to say to you, come from a point of peace, though, because there's a reason we call it a threat. It's a threat of action. Another area I personally have been caught with this one with refunds is fees and exchange rates, especially if you have an online course or program or you take payments via international transfer, then it can be a complete doozy. And I was caught out by this one. If you decide to refund an in integrity, you can actually end up paying more than you ever made from that customer because you then have to pay the fees back. So if that's something that is resonating with you or you need to look at in your business, it needs to be in your terms and conditions again so that you aren't actually out money. You might have an admin fee for doing it to cover the fees. But I want to get back to the mindset of refunds because there's some friend, there's something, some things that are so important about this I've seen have become quite crushing to some people and clients and in the wider community. I want you to really think about the fact that the refund often isn't about you. It's like when we say when we get a no in sales, it often isn't about you. It's, it's about the person who's asking for their refund. As I just said, their driver. Why are they asking for a refund? And I want you to think about that the next time, if you do get a refund request, ask yourself, what's going on for that person? What's going on in their model of the world right now? What's happening in their life? That why are they asking for this refund? When we move from a place of feeling attacked when someone asks for a refund, feeling like it's a body blow to actually getting curious about the person who's asking, sometimes we can uncover things. Sometimes we can actually uncover the person doesn't even want a refund. It could just be a client who, for whatever reason, isn't happy. So just ask yourself, why do they want a refund? Here's another thing. It doesn't mean anything about who you are as a person. If someone asks for, your, for a refund in your business, it doesn't mean that you're less than. It hasn't changed who you were before you saw that refund request. 
you are still a whole amazing, awesome person. It isn't a personal attack. It's a business request. And I know as an entrepreneur where you've built your business from scratch, it can be really difficult to find those boundaries because you treat clients personally. And then you have to switch back to this is a business request. You can't control the refund request. However much, if you are in like the second camp I said earlier on, and you are really worried, you are terrified of seeing that word refund or somebody saying something like this, and you're, you've almost got a knot in your stomach because I keep saying the word refund, just know that it will come. I've never met a business owner yet who hasn't had somebody who wanted a refund request at some level, even if it's, if it's nothing's wrong. And that's the thing with refund. Nothing has to be wrong for someone to run, want a refund request. Sometimes it's just not right. You can't control that refund request coming in. What you can control is yourself. What you can control is how you reply. What you can control is the impact that you allow it to have on you. Those are all things, friend, as a beautiful, amazing human that I know you are, that you can control. I have a, a phrase that I say to anybody when anything's coming up, and this doesn't actually even have to be about refunds, but in business in general, never angry type. Never angry type. I truly feel with the laws of vibration that you can feel when someone's angry type. Do you know when it's like, like someone's like pounding on the keyboard as they type in answer to you? I truly feel that you can feel that because the language tends to be different. Again, as I said to you, don't reply from a place of lack because your language will be different. Even if you don't mean to, just certain little parts of that language, the nuances will come across as being angry typing. So don't ever angry type, refriend request or not, always, always type a piece. And one brilliant example of this that was just, it, I'm laughing because it was almost so ludicrous that uh, me and my husband, Mr. P, we were doing our latest house renovation and we had an issue with our chimney. We'd had a new wood burner installed. Now, instead of fire going up chimney, water was coming down chimney. So it was a pretty, pretty big problem because the, problem, the water was just coming into our living room. And like, not like a drop or two, I'm talking like you would open the um, wood burner fire gate thing and it would just like come on in. So it, it was a pretty big issue. And we were, in, we were in discussions with the people who'd installed it because we'd had it installed about where the issue was. We got a um, letter from the owner of this business. And it, it's kind of funny because it is almost the example of what not to do. So this letter arrived. It was all in uppercase. So, I mean, someone had got the caps lock on. So the whole thing was in caps lock. It was one large sentence structure. There was no line breaks in it. So probably it could have been like eight, eight paragraphs long, long. It wasn't. It was just like one stream. The sentence structure was exceptionally long with very few full stops. And the whole thing was in caps. So it was, all I can describe it when you read it, it was like someone was yelling at you because there was no way else to interpret this email because it was, it, there was so many cues that this wasn't written at peace. And I, I've kept it to the day because I, I think it's just a beautiful example of how not to respond to somebody. Because you don't, as a client, you don't come back from that and go, okay, we're looking for a resolution. You just go, someone's angry typed at me um, in a way that's not normally done in business. And that's an extreme case. But for you, 
think to yourself, are you writing that the same way when someone asks for a refund? Are you writing it with the same love and grace and compassion as you did when you first onboarded that client? If there's a different energy tonality between the, you know, when you onboarded them and you were lovely in this refund request and you changed, they will pick up on that. So just, you know, be, know your boundaries. By the way, when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about giving in. And when I say giving in, if the person has an unreasonable refund request, know your boundary, know your policy, know, know exactly your guarantee and your contract of where you are, but you can still do it with love and grace. I want you to depersonalize the initial audit to see whether there's a validity to the refund. So if you think about it right now, that it's not your business. So if someone asks for a refund, think about it as not a personal attack. It's not your business. It's just someone's asking you. And go through and see, is there a validity to their refund request? And then work out how to deal with it. Because then you understand if you are dealing with someone who has an unreasonable request or actually someone who has a valid request for a refund. Is a refund request a hot potato for you? What that means is, if you see a refund request come in, are you wanting it to be shut down and go away as quick as possible? That's why it's a hot potato. It's like pass it between your hands, but no one hold on to it. I don't want this. Please make it go out of my life. Does it make you feel like that? So are you acting in a way that your future self wants you to? So an example of this would be, if you had a refund request and it's a hot potato for you, and you don't necessarily even want to refund the client because they, they have an unreasonable request for a refund. It's not in your contract. There, there's no refund that's actually due to them, but it's a hot potato for you. And it just makes you feel awful and your stomach's in knots and you're just wanting this thing to go away. And so you end up refunding them, even though you don't want to, just to shut it down, just to make it go away. And then in two months time, four months time, six months time, seven months time, you go, why'd I do that? really wish I hadn't refunded them. So are you refunding in a way that your future self would also be at peace? Or is it a hot potato that you want to shut down? If it is a hot potato for you, then get one of your trusted advisors on board, get your coach on board, get someone in your support system to help you deal with that. Because always ask yourself that question, would my future self be happy with my decision? When we come to refunds, and the psychology of refunds. It's very much like the psychology of negotiation. Do you know what resolution you would like before you even reply? Sometimes the first reply is actually about evidence. Sometimes that's what we need. That's what the resolution we need to begin with. If someone's requesting a refund that you might need more data, you might need more evidence for actually what they're talking about. If not, and then you are maybe further down the refund process, what is your resolution? What do you want to have happen? You've got to know your end game because if you don't know, often, even if they're going to be an ex-client, they don't know what they need or want. So what specifically are they looking for? And what specifically do you want? So are you willing to refund them if it isn't um, an unreasonable request? And what do you want to have happen next? So you've got to know what you want and be specific. This is the other thing about the hot potato. People will not say from their point of view what they mean or state in a refund. They will say, well, what do you want? 
how can I make, how can I make this great for you? Or how can I make this exit awesome for you? Whatever language it might be, you're putting it back on the person. Now, as a tactic, that can be really good to say, if, you, if it is a reasonable request saying, you know, if you're going to admit liability, then you say, I'm sorry, or I understand, or I take liability. Bear in mind that we are in a business transaction. So you've got to be aware if you are taking liability here. And then be specific. What do you think should happen next? What's the resolution that you'd want? If you don't know that, again, you might shut it down. You might refund when you don't need to, you don't want to, and then you're going to be annoyed at yourself in the future. And my final question for this is really simple. Imagine now that the roles were reversed. Imagine that you are the client and the client is you. You as the client, if you were sending that refund request, how would you like to be treated? How would, because they might be very awkward as well, by the way, the client who's asking for the refund might feel, they might feel all the things that you are going through. I don't know how to answer this, whatever they're going through, but how would you like to be treated? Because when we treat others as though we would like to be treated ourselves, we can also have very different outcomes. So thank you for listening to me today. And I hope that you found this interesting talking about how to deal with refunds in business. I'd love to hear what from today's episode sticks in your mind and what you think regarding refunds you're going to be doing differently. If you know of someone who would benefit from listening to Wielding Legacy, send them to laurakainstanley.com to sign up. And when you're ready to explore your legacy, your success and your impact on the world, there are two ways to currently work with me. Be Boosted, a virtual event to take your professional service business and life to the next level. Join me for six days in November where you will leave with your business and you completely boosted. The second one is join me for a one-to-one experience like no other in my immersion day experiences. This can be as small as a half day and up to a five day experience.